Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. This afternoon when she had returned from Wakefield, Aunt Mary had delivered to her niece Peggy a letter from Nicholas Dorn. Knowing what the contents of the letter must be since she had had a long talk with the young man, Mary Lane had left Peggy alone to read it, had gone into the kitchen with her son. A few minutes later, Randy had gone outside to continue with his chores, and Aunt Mary had returned to the living room, found it empty. Realizing that Peggy must be upstairs, Aunt Mary had gone up to Peggy's bedroom. Peggy? Peggy? May I come in, dear? I thought perhaps this would be a time when we should have a little chat. Sit down over there by the window, Aunt Mary. Sorry, my room's sort of in a mess, but you see, I'm putting things away. Yes, I see you are. Your wedding dress. I won't be needing it now. Strange, but there's something awfully sad about packing away a wedding dress. It's such an important moment, really. I suppose even if one's been married in it, there's a little feeling of regret. But if one hasn't... Uh, Peggy, I hope Nicholas's letter didn't make you unhappy. He was afraid that you might not understand. Oh, it isn't that, Aunt Mary. I think I understand well enough. But just the same, you have to get used to the change. After you've made plans, thought your life was all settled. Yes, I know, dear. It's difficult for you. Especially right at first. About the wedding invitations, I suppose I can send out little notes explaining. Mm -hmm. And then the present. Oh, people will understand. We just send them back with a few words thanking them for their thoughtfulness. I'd be glad to help you with it if you'd like me to. That's nice of you, Aunt Mary. Nicholas hated to think of your having to go through all this, dear. But he did feel it was really better this way. He had to do what seemed right to him. You see that, don't you? Oh, yes. And I don't mind this part of it, the details. I'm just sorry it had to be like this, for his sake. Would you like to read his letter, Aunt Mary? If you like, dear. But I think I know just about what he said. Nicholas and I had a long talk this morning. The main thing worrying him was that you might be unhappy, even temporarily. Although he was sure in the final analysis... You'd be much better off. And I think he was right. I'm honestly glad it turned out this way. Glad, Peggy? Yes, I am. I mean, for Nick's own sake. Oh. Well, dear, I believe in the long run it is much better. For both of you. Well, Nicholas didn't say much about his plans for the future. Did he mention anything to you? What's he going to do now? No, not a great deal. But I had the impression he felt very differently about things, about life in general, since he came here to Wakefield. It was a new experience to him, you know, living in a little town like this, sharing the problems that came up. He says he feels much uh, enriched because of it. Well, in a way, Aunt Mary, the best thing that came out of the whole business was Nick's getting to know you. You helped him so much. And, you see, Nick had a sort of hit-and-miss childhood... From what he told me, I gathered he never did have much home life. That's why he used to love coming out here so much. Talking to you and kidding with Randy and Lefty. 
It made him feel as if he belonged somewhere. That makes me very happy, dear. I only hope he finds a place of his own someday where he really feels happy. Yes, indeed. So do I. If only he hadn't fallen in love with me yet, Mary. When I first knew him, we used to have so much fun together. And he's such a wonderful person. Sensitive, generous. That's true, Peggy. That's why I feel sure he'll eventually find the happiness he deserves. With the right girl. Yes. And I certainly wasn't the right girl for him. I'm sure I would have made him miserable. Well, Peggy, since you didn't love him, I'm afraid you would have. I guess I've known it for a long time, too, Aunt Mary. But I got into such a state of mind, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to make him unhappy. So I tried to tell myself that perhaps we could work it out somehow. I guess it was foolish of me. Not foolish, dear. Just young. Everybody is stubborn when we're young, dear. <laughs> That's why a parent's job is so difficult. We want so much to tell you children what is best, knowing from our own experience. But we can't force our opinions on you. We can only advise and pray that you will be given the wisdom to do the right thing before you make a mistake that can't be undone. I want you to stand up for what you think is right. Heaven knows I can make mistakes. But a marriage to Nicholas would have been wrong for both of us. And I just went blindly along, refusing to face the consequences. We would never have been able to adjust ourselves. I'm glad you see that, Peggy. Marriage is not an easy adjustment to make, even when both the husband and wife are in love. You need so much understanding, willingness to see the other person's side. And I was only looking at my side of it. Poor Nicholas was so sweet and considerate. And I was willing to accept it, knowing I could never return his feelings for me. I'm ashamed of myself, Aunt Mary. <laughs> then it's all right, dear. When we're ashamed of our mistakes, then we're learning. We're growing up. It's only when we cling to mistakes, try to justify them, that we bring unhappiness to ourselves and others. Right now, perhaps Nicholas is unhappy, but later he'll be grateful. Your friendship will be something precious to both of you, as it was intended to be all along. I do hope so, Aunt Mary. Hey, hey, where is everybody? We're upstairs, Lefty, in Peggy's room. Come on up, Lefty. Hey, what goes on here? You two having a coffee clutch? Just catching up on a few things, Lefty. Randy with you? No, he's outside. I just talked to him and told him the big news. What big news, Lefty? You're all excited about something. Yeah, I guess I am. I don't know whether I'm glad or sorry. Well, tell us. What's happened? Well, I, I just came from town, you know. I ran into, uh, what's his name, that bailiff from over in Huntsville. Oh? Yeah. He told me something that really gave me a jolt. You remember when you and Lisa came into the courtroom, Aunt Mary? The last day of the trial? Yesterday. Good Lord, so it was. Only yesterday. Uh, somehow it seems longer ago than that. Seems longer to me, too, Lefty. Uh, well, anyway, when George Willoughby announced the recess... Uh, Kit Calvert scrammed out, remember? Mm -hmm. She wasn't there later when the judge asked if she had any statement to make. Farnsworth floundered around trying to explain. Oh, yes, Lefty, but what about it? Kit's gone. She oh. left the courtroom right after that, and nobody's seen her since. Now, wait, Lefty, you mean Kit didn't go home? Didn't go back to Ben Calvert yesterday? Nope. Nobody's seen hiding her hair ever since then. Oh, goodness, that is strange. <laughs> I don't know about being strange, honey. You see, Judge Willoughby intends to have her cited for perjury. The way I figured it, Kit knew darn well when she saw Aunt Mary come in with Lisa, 
Uh, she knew the jig was up then and there. So she ups and takes a powder. <laughs> yeah, she's crazy like a fox, that gal. Because she must have known how mad her father would be. Yeah. Ben would be bound to be provoked after what happened. Provoked? <laughs> Why, Aunt Mary, I'll bet he's so hopping, all fired mad he can't see straight. Kids made him look like two cents, and don't think he doesn't know it. But Lefty, has Kid actually disappeared? Doesn't anyone know where she is? Not a single clue. She took that fancy green Lincoln Roads to hers and cleared out, that's all. Well. Uh, they've been looking for her, all right. But so far, they haven't been able to pick up her trail. My theory is she probably drove somewhere, to some town around here, parked her car in a garage and hopped a train to New York. She might have Lefty. Or else... Or else what, Aunt Mary? Nothing. I... I was just wondering. And a few hours later, a long green roadster sweeps around the curved driveway, parks before a fashionable Florida hotel. A young woman gets out, her face haggard from strain and fatigue. It is Kit Calvert, who enters the lobby, goes straight to the house phone and asks for Paul Cromwell. But I wonder, Kit, if Paul, to whom you lied, Paul, whom you tricked and deceived, will be willing to help you now that you need him. <laughs> 